the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul deals with quite a few issues. One of them is supporting evangelism. Hi there, and welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno. As we continue our journey through 1 Corinthians, we turn our attention to chapter 9 today. As we begin our time together, Pastor Leighton will do a brief review to lay out the foundation that the Apostle Paul is laying out that requires us as a church, as believers in Christ, to adopt the very heart of God, evangelism, seeking and saving the lost, and how it is to be supported. That's all straight ahead. Won't you join us with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse? Once again, our teacher and pastor, here's Pastor Leighton Sheely. A few weeks ago, we discussed the two conflicting agendas that press against every Christian church, including our own. One agenda being liberalism, which wants to turn the grace of God into a license to continue in sin. The other being legalism, which uses the Bible to intimidate, manipulate, and control other people. And between these two extremes is the narrow path of liberty. We as a church family want to remain on this narrow path between liberalism and legalism, on this narrow path of liberty where sin is called sin, but people don't have to be artificial to be loved, accepted, and respected. The week following, we discussed our need for limiting the exercise of of our liberty by being concerned for the welfare of the weaker amongst us. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 8 9, Be careful, however, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. Then in chapter 9, Apostle Paul uses himself as an illustration of applying this principle to life. He, as the founding pastor, was entitled to the uh, support of the uh, financial support of that church, but he chose to relinquish that right for the sake of the gospel so that uh, his uh, accepting money would not be a hindrance to people accepting the gospel. When we met together last time, we looked at what God's plan was for supporting full-time ministry through tithes in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 9, 13, Don't you know that those who work in the temple get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. The phrase there, in the same way, connects the Old Testament practice of supporting those who were full-time in ministry, the priests and the Levites, with the New Testament practice of supporting those who were full-time in ministry. And although Paul had a right to financial support, he did not enforce that right and use that as an example to these Corinthian believers 
that concern for the weaker brother was of greater importance than the freedom or the liberty of eating meat sacrificed to idols. Paul here was talking about priorities, the things that are really important to us in our lives. And it's unfortunate that some Christians have their personal priorities so confused that it creates a hindrance to the work of Christ. Paul explains here why he chose not to receive financial support. The reason was he had a goal, and he lets us know what his goal is. His goal is to gain the lost. Look at verse 19 that I might gain the more. Verse 20, that I might gain the Jews, and that I might gain them that are under the law. Verse 21, that I might gain them that are without law. Verse number 22, that I might gain the weak. Verse 23, that I might by all means save some. He didn't want to do anything that might hinder someone from receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so he was willing to set aside his liberty if that meant that someone might be saved. Verse 15, But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things, to secure any such provision. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting." On that day, the, the city of Corinth and, and many large Greek cities were filled with all kinds of philosophers and teachers of false religions who preached from every street corner and demanded money. Now, not only did Paul refuse to use their technique or their oratory or their arguments, but he also refused to accept money from those to whom he ministered. And the reason for that was he wanted the gospel to be free of any hindrance that might cause someone to not re, uh, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He wanted no association with these other philosophies and religions. He wanted Christianity to be distinct from all of the other beliefs that were being marketed on the streets of Corinth. And when Paul wrote, Neither have I written these things, he was wanting to make sure to communicate to his readers that he was not hinting that they should start supporting him. Now, the word for boasting is interesting. Kaukema. Uh, it's actually the word I am told from which we get the word cocky. Kaukema, boasting. Now, it, does, it can be uh, translated in that fashion, but it also carries the idea of rejoicing or reveling. If it's done in pride or arrogance, then it's usually a sin, but... Paul's boast was not in arrogance, but rather joy. He was rejoicing that he had the ability to exercise the freedom to not choose his rights. And so he wasn't here boasting about his accomplishments, as he immediately makes clear in the next verse. He says in verse 16, For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach. You see, Paul had been uh, called to preach the gospel. He had been compelled to preach the gospel. He was on the road to Damascus. He was going to uh, create some problems for, for some Christians. And Jesus revealed himself to Paul, then called Saul, on the road to Damascus and said, Saul, uh, enough of this. I want you to work for me. I'm sending you as an apostle to the Gentiles. So he, he, he was compelled by Jesus 
by God to preach. And he said, woe to me if I don't preach. And that word woe refers to some undescribed calamity that might befall him if he was disobedient to his calling. The compulsion did not mean that Paul did not enjoy his duty. In fact, he did. That's what he's saying here. He served the Lord by faithfully accomplishing the duties that were given to him. Verse 17, For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. Now, what is Paul here saying? He's saying that if I was not under compulsion to preach, then I would be rewarded for preaching because I was doing it of my own free will. But, Since I am under compulsion from God to preach, when I preach, I am merely fulfilling my duty, and it's not deserving of any special reward. Now, in order to understand his paradigm, uh, remember that Okoimai were slaves whose masters entrusted to them certain goods to be stewarded or administered. And the master never asked the servant, the slave, would you please take care of this for me? The master would say, take it. And the slave was to take it. If the slave didn't take responsibility or stewardship for what the master gave them, then woe to that slave. And Paul perceived himself as a slave and described himself as a slave to the Lord. He says in verse 18, What then is my reward? That in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. Now, although uh, Paul was preaching under compulsion that God had called him to preach, yet God had not called him to preach for free. And so Paul here was rejoicing that he had the opportunity to not receive financial support. And by so doing, he was in in effect contributing something of his very own to the cause of the gospel. And the opportunity to contribute something to the cause of the gospel was the cause for his rejoicing. Verse 19, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. His primary purpose here was to win people for Christ. He believed in Proverbs 11.30, which says, He who is wise wins souls. And as far as his rights were concerned, he was free from all men, but because of his love for his fellow man, he would gladly limit the exercise of his rights. In effect, he had figuratively become a slave to all. He would modify his habits, his preferences, his, his entire life if, if anything that he was doing might cause someone else to stumble or to be offended or to be hindered from receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I should remind us that we're speaking here of the gray areas in living, those areas about which the Bible does not give us specific instructions. Um, Paul here, in those areas, Paul would not uh, uh, do something that might cause a fellow believer, a weaker believer, uh, to be disturbed. Now, he gives examples of how he served different groups of people. In verse 20, he says, To the Jews, I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, 
though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. So in Christ, Paul was no longer bound to the ceremonies, rituals, and traditions of Judaism, and they had no bearing or no effect on his spiritual life. But if by following those, he might have an open door as an opportunity to witness on behalf of Christ, then he would gladly accommodate that. And uh, what had been to him legal constraints now became constraints based upon love. He loved his fellow man, and for that reason, he wanted to win them to Christ. And for that reason, he didn't exercise his rights. Becoming all things to all men that he might win all the more to Christ. We'll go on to see an illustration of this tomorrow as we pick up where we left off today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Thank you for taking a moment of your day to engage into God's Word with us. We pray you've been encouraged in Christ and your relationship with Him. Questions, comments, as always, a great place to start is our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And then, again, as mentioned, see you back here tomorrow as we continue in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 on Study Verse by Verse with our teacher and pastor, Leighton Sheely. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.